Hey, instructional leaders, I hope you are having a fabulous evening. Um, I hope you're able to join us tonight. We are super excited to be here. But the first thing that I just want to say is, man, the start of every school year for me as an instructional leader could have been so much easier if I would have just let go of having to be in control of everything and let go of having to try to prove myself for everything and just did the things that Jonna and I are about to talk about tonight. So that brings me to my guest and why we are here. Miss Jonna Lee, thank you for coming tonight. Yes. So Miss Jonna Lee, she is the founder of Ed, uh, Jonna Lee Education Consulting. And Jonna, I'm going to give you just an opportunity to introduce yourself. I'm so excited to have her, guys. She is a true badass. And I'm so excited to have her here. Jonna, welcome. Oh, Alyssa, I'm so glad and appreciative to be here as well on this platform with you. And I'm really excited to dig into the conversation. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Jonna Lee. So I am founder and executive director of Jonna Lee Consulting. And I am dedicated to supporting teachers and students. So through customized workshops and professional development, I really help educators enhance student achievement by utilizing data-driven instruction. Um, and my goal is to assist schools, principals, and superintendents in meeting their objectives and really addressing individualized student needs. So through collaborating with passionate educators like yourselves and school leaders, I provide the experience and the expertise needed to develop those effective systems and structure, structures for optimal results. Um, so that's where I am now. Um, I started as a special education teacher in the South Bronx of New York City. And I grew in that position to wear many hats. Um, I taught many grades and subjects and sort of always felt like I was being pulled in several different directions at once because of my expertise in special education. And I'm imagining that if there are any other special education teachers on here, uh, I, I, I'm imagining that you're all shaking your heads like, wait, that's me, right? Um, so I sort of learned how to balance the workload because I was needed as many other special education teachers. I was needed in so many different areas at once. And over time, I really found myself sharing my strategies around data and differentiation that were working for me and my students. And I started sharing that information with my peers. And organically, I sort of assumed an instructional leadership coaching role where I was meeting with colleagues on a daily basis. I was collaborating with them, sharing my expertise um, doing walkthroughs of their classroom. And I really, really loved it because I could see the literal impact of my work in how mm -hmm. teachers were teaching, their productivity, their happiness, and their student growth. So I realized I wanted to take this work further and move into the consulting wor world where 
I am now um, with the intention of being in as many school districts and classrooms as possible, sharing my experiences, my expertise, particularly around assessment and inclusion practices. Um, yeah, it's a big, and then I, I should mention, I feel like, you know, along the way, I am founder of New Jersey's first all public district school in New Jersey um, that is currently in the process of finalizing the details to hopefully fully open in the 24-25 school year. So, you know, again, being the founder of that school was not only a reflection of my dedication to female advancement and leadership, but it really also was birthed out of my true passion for changing teachers' lives and the lives of their students through coaching, collaborating, and relationship building. Oh, Jonna, man, like how inspiring everything that you just said. And so audience, I told you, I told you, she, she's got, she knows her stuff and she is here with us today to share her expertise. And I cannot wait to dive into several things that you mentioned, one being systems and structures. Oh yeah, we're going to talk One, about One, being this idea that if you are great at your job, 20 million things get put on your plate. We're going to be talking about that too, because you brought it up. And so super excited to dive into that. If you are watching us live, do us a favor, put your name in the chat, tell us where you're joining us from. And then if you have any questions that you want us to address tonight on how to start the school year strong, put it in the chat. We are here to answer those questions. We have some things that we're going to bring up too, but we want it to be specific to your needs. So I'll be watching the chat as well. So Jonna, are you, are you ready to dive into this? I'm so ready. I'm really, I've really been looking forward to this. I love it. Um, so my very first question is the start of this school year and really the start of any school year as an instructional leader, what are you the most excited about? And is there anything that you dread? So I usually get the most excited about sort of starting with a fresh slate. There's mm. nothing like feeling like you kind of have a redo, just yeah. another opportunity to start clean. Um, and I really enjoy setting goals with teachers, not for teachers, but with teachers and collaboratively deciding how we will achieve those goals. Um, collaboratively deciding the scope and sequence for achieving those goals. Um, and I also really enjoy organizational meetings where if I'm in a district, I'm getting to know the principals and the administrators, and I am coordinating a meeting where we are getting all on the same page about what that scope and sequence is, what those goals are. Because ultimately, they are the ones that can hold teachers really accountable for their next steps and for their success. And I do believe that administrators are what Michael Fullen calls lead learners. They need to know what we are doing on the ground to ensure sustainability and continuation of the work when I'm gone, when they're not there, and when teachers are alone in their classrooms filling the role. Yeah. Um, and then you had mentioned about what I dread. Should I get mm -hmm. into that yet? Or do you? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Um, and I dread having to have conversations about norms with teachers and even administrators, because 
I respect and hold everyone on equal footing as myself. But ultimately, I do feel that teachers have a job to do. And I, as a consultant and coach, have a job to do. And I need to make sure that we are all on equal footing and on the same page with the expectations and the roles so that we can make the most of our time together and the most of our year. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really glad that you brought up this concept of time because Michelle Rui just put a question in the chat for us about that and how to balance spending enough time with all new staff, but still give equal attention to those that are not new. So thinking of this, Jonna, what, what do you do as an instructional leader? Sure. So what I try to do the most is bring in staff that are not new into sort of, I call them uh, in many cases, cohorts. So bring them into the conversations and the um, steps that I am completing with new teachers. So kind of going back to sustainability and continuation of practices that we are, you know, working with teachers to tweak and really um, become very strong in. It's important that everybody in the school community is on board. So what does that mean? That means I have to find ways to bring in these teachers who maybe I've been working with over a period of time and are not new, bringing them in on that learning journey with new teachers. That's creating a real communicative, collaborative culture where nothing's necessarily happening in isolation. Everyone's hearing the same messaging across the board. So even like with instructional walkthroughs, grabbing new teachers and bringing them in to see what's happening in the other teachers' rooms. There's nothing like teachers being able to, you know, look in and, and sort of, I don't like to say observe because it's not observe, but it's, it's informally just watch what's happening in other classrooms and what best practices look like. I think you can really leverage your teachers who have been part of this process for some time to, in many ways, mentor the new teachers whom I'm working with. Absolutely. You know, I don't know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but one of the, I don't meet with the new teachers, just like new teacher meeting because they already have so much of that with, and especially here in Texas, I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but they have new teacher mentor trainings and they have all of that other stuff. So as a, as an instructional leader, I really like to build that sense of community and professional learning community. And so just like you said, Jonna, I leverage the expertise of others as well. And we just, we absorb them. And, and then I do, I will tell you this, I am a planner. So instructional leaders, and we are going to talk about this, the importance of planning your time every day. And I even block out, I'll block out an hour or two hours at the start of the year where I intentionally go check on new teachers and just kind of get a feel so I can have those conversations. But for the most part, I schedule the majority of the time as a collaborative team. Absolutely. And I think new teachers in particular really love knowing that they have other teachers to fall back on, that that there is a unit here um, and that everybody is on 
you know, no one ha is, ha everybody is at the same part in their journey. And something to know that you've got a partner who's also with you in that just, I think, eases the, the stresses of everything else that they have on their plate. Yes, 100%. Um, we're stronger together than we are apart. Like we, we hear that quite often. So how do you mentally prepare to start the school year days or weeks, even advance in advance? What are some things that are important to you to make sure you're, you have the mental clarity and capacity to dive into the new year? So, the, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So no one judge me for this answer. Um, well, now we have a judge. <laughs> Okay. So I am someone who I work throughout the summer. Now I use that term work very loosely, but I feel like when I step away from the work for too long, I almost can't relax because all I'm thinking about is like, am I, am I losing my mojo? Like I should have just keep my, my eyes on it and just have done it when it was right in front of me. So I'm always sort of throughout the summer, just tweaking and modifying. Um, so because of that, it's not too heavy of a lift to prepare for the year. Um, and oftentimes, mentally speaking, I'm, I'm excited. Um, so it's the times where I'm not excited, where I have to be like, okay, what's going on here? I have to, I have to read that intuition with myself, right? Like, why am I, what's at the root of why I'm not excited, as excited about this as I should be? Let me go back, take a look at what's in my control versus what you know, what, what might not be in my control? Who do I need to have conversations with? What do I need to tweak? What boundaries do I need to set? Um, almost do some, you know, reflection, not almost, I mean, reflect on what, why am I not excited about this? Um, and, you know, I think excitement can come in many different ways, but ultimately if I'm entering the school year, I, let me just put it this way. I am so excited. When I was in the classroom, when I was instructionally coaching in a particular school, my own school at the time, uh, there was nothing more exciting than the end of the school year. But a couple of weeks before the new school year, I felt re-energized and I was ready mm -hmm. to go. So when that starts leaving you, then you have to say, okay, for myself, I had to say, what's going on here? Like what's at the root of why I might not be as mentally there as I usually am or have been in the past. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even I'm the same way, Jonna, I, I like structure. I've normally I'm the one who's working all summer. Um, but I also know there nothing wrong if you're not working over the summer, you yeah. know, like take your time. My suggestion, though, is once it gets a little closer, start setting that alarm. Yeah. Start start getting into those routines and procedures yeah. just to get acclimated and your body body ready for it. Because I always say there is there is such a thing as educator shape. Like yeah. you got to get into educator shape because it, it's a thing. <laughs> Absolutely, and and it's you know I think the there's two parts of the year that are really important. The last week or so of the year where you have an opportunity to perhaps everything is fresh, tweak and modify while the time is there, right? While perhaps things are just not as structured as they would be in the middle of the year, right? And then the week prior to school. Wow. I felt 
really comfortable with that first day of school when my classroom was set, when my, and I know we're going to dig more into this, but when my systems and structures were there um, and when I, you know, felt that I had gotten myself into a routine prior to that first day of school. Yeah. Um, you know, let's kind of unpack that a little bit as an instructional leader, whether you are an administrator, an instructional coach, a superintendent, a coordinator, whatever leadership role you hold, what is imperative for you to prepare to start the school year when it comes to systems, putting, putting systems in place, what would you say is so important to have done? Sure. So there are three things that I think you need to kick off your year. You, tell. Right? you need to have the proper systems in place mm -hmm. um, down to the nitty gritty. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. You need to have a kickoff meeting with any other instructional leaders or administrators who are working with you or not with you, but sort of overseeing your work. Okay. And you need to celebrate the wins. Those are your three must-haves. And you have to have a plan for all of three of those. So when I say celebrate the wins, I mean, during that organizational meeting with your team, speak to them about finding the time in the PD schedule for having teachers to showcase the work by developing a workshop around it. So all of those in-service days, and I know they're few and far between, and I know that the PD schedule is always a monster to have to figure out. But find the time, even if it's a lunch and learn, even if it's a half day, find the time to celebrate the wins where teachers are given an opportunity to showcase their, almost like a talent show, showcase yeah. their work through a workshop and allow teachers to choose or your staff to choose which workshops they're going to attend based on what the teachers have developed. Mm -hmm. So back to creating systems. So Having all of those systems in place ahead of the year will make the work that we do easier. We have the information, right? Like we, we know we've got the expertise. We know the research. We've got the strategies. Or if we don't, we're, we're going to figure it out, right? We're going to yeah. come prepared with that information. But it's really important that we are also as prepared as possible with how to input that information, how to track that. What are, um, what, what templates do we have? What do our folders look like in drive? What ways are we holding teachers accountable? And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying like, how, what template do, do you have that, uh, that, that tracks what mm -hmm. the steps are and tracks accountability, yeah. not just for the teachers, but for us as, as, instructional leaders for principals. I mean, everybody needs to show that they're holding up their end of the bargain in this relationship. Um, and so when you have everything in place in terms of those systems and structures, then the focus can be completely on the work, yes. on the conversations. And then you're just using those systems to help you, uh, you're using those systems to fill in that information to fill in the debrief, to fill in the, the collection of, of evidence that you're gathering during a walkthrough. Um, and I think along with those systems comes anticipating responses. So what do I mean by that? Spend time thinking about how teachers may respond to the work 
to a debrief conversation, yeah. to any resources you are sharing or feedback you are giving and prepare for how you will respond to those things. Get a folder and drive, create a document where you get create two columns. In one column, you're listing out the anticipated pushback that you might get. And in the other column, how you plan to respond. That way you aren't caught off guard or feel unprepared. And you, as the leader, won't take any hesitancy from a teacher. You won't take any negative pushback that you might get from them. Um, any, you know, you have those teachers that straight up just are not interested in what you are saying. You won't take any of that personally, right? Yeah. Um, you're far more likely to have a successful conversation because you've anticipated for what that pushback might be. Oh man, John, and I want to just kind of like ask our audience right now, give me like a thumbs up, a heart, a yes. If this rings true for you, if you're leadership team, if they were all on the same page and they had created their systems and protocols and they all aligned, would it make your life easier? <laughs> would it make you want to follow more? Would it make your days less overwhelming? And I love, give us a yes, give us a heart, give us something. Like if that is something, because administrators, instructional coaches, everyone needs to be on the same page. How many times do we get frustrated as, as educators, whether you're a coach, an administrator, whatever role you play, and you have colleagues who are slacking? but there is no accountability or one administrator holds someone accountable and another one doesn't. So just like you said, aligning this vision of accountability or any kind of systems and structure among the leadership team is imperative. And then communicating that to the staff. So important. Alyssa, I, I think, you know, also something I want to note is this really can become part of no matter where, even if your role isn't in, is entitled instructional leader, instructional yeah. coach, right? We are all a mentor in some way. And these are strategies that can be used universally, right? So even if you have a student teacher, uh, who you know what I mean? So you're the classroom teacher and you have a student teacher. Even if you have a co-teacher, so maybe you're gen ed or special ed and you've got that, that counterpart to you, right? These are all strategies that I think are beneficial for just relationship building in general and really using the time wisely to be the most productive and efficient because no one wants to waste their time. Absolutely. Communication, alignment, just taking the time to do that together. And I like to just really like carving out success criteria. Like, Hey, if we're hitting this goal, what does success look like? All of that align it. Um, okay. So kind of along those same lines in okay. your experience, what have been some common challenges that leaders face at the start of the year and how do you overcome them? You talked about anticipating some of these things, what, what are they? I mean, common challenges really, I have found 
instructional leaders coming in and creating the goals and the scope and sequence for educators and for teachers rather than with teachers. Yes. So yes, almost like a little louder for those in the back. Yeah. Coming in with the plan, like, like we know, like, of course we have a plan, right. But it's almost like imposing the plan onto the teacher. And if you want buy-in, if you want motivation, if you want engagement relationships, uh, you know, relationship building, you, teachers are not interested in you telling them what they should do. No. It has to be like, have the structure in place for the conversation to be collaborative, have the structure in place to document the co-created goals, have the systems in place to, to document and identify what the scope and sequence will look like. But if y'all come in with that already filled out, it's going to be, you know, you're just, you're not going to make, I would assume that you're not going to make as much progress as you would if from the get-go, this becomes a team effort. Well, and I, I will tell you, in my experience, I have seen zero percent of administrators meet their goals if they create the campus goal for the staff. Right. They don't meet it because it's not co-constructed. There's not that buy-in. And, and I do. I get administrators and I get instructional coaches asking me all the time, well, what if they don't choose the goal that we need to choose? Right. And, and I'm just like, listen, all rising tides sail ships. All rising tides sail ships. So no matter if that is what your team believes in and you can get everyone moving in that same direction, the level of improvement is going to lift. To that point, Alyssa, that's why having a kickoff organizational meeting with that administration is so key because you get an opportunity to share your sort of process for what that would look like. And if administrators have predetermined ideas or goals in mind, okay, we take them and we work them into the conversation with teachers while we're meeting with them. But that's why I think it's so important that prior to, you know, prior to really getting into the nitty gritty with, with, with teachers, as instructional leaders, we're bringing every other decision maker into that conversation so that we can sort of figure out what are the expectations here for the goal setting, for the scope and sequence, for the check-ins, for the walkthroughs, right? Success criteria, what does that look like? And all of that is really important to establish at the beginning. Yeah. So I want to kind of like recap two big things that we've already talked about for leaders in any capacity that they need to do to prepare for this new school year or to launch it successfully. One, we've talked about having your systems and protocols in place and aligned with all stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And then we've talked about co-constructing, I'll say like curriculum or resources or goals not handing it to them. Those are two big things. Um, you had mentioned also having those kickoff meetings with stakeholders, but that goes with doing those two things, having the systems and protocols and co-constructing, and then schedule celebrations. I don't have to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what are your top 
three must-haves or must-dos as a leader for the start of the year? So as a leader for the start of the year is um, the first thing would be having my Google Drive. I, I just I, I just cannot reiterate it enough. Having my Google Drive ready to rock so that I'm not spending time or getting frustrated with not being able to yeah. grab and document and track all the information that I am collecting. Um, the second must have is a relationship building mantra moment, just continuously remembering about the importance of relationship building and ensuring that I am doing that, um, not only just throughout my journey with the teacher or teachers, but that I am in, intentionally being communicative and transparent and clearly establishing that. Um, I've written out, to be honest with you, there have been times where I've written out scripts for myself to have with teachers um, because there are so many pieces of that relationship building that I don't want to forget. Um, mm -hmm. So that is something that, you know, I have found to be handy in the past and, and being transparent with the teacher and saying, hey, listen, I wrote something out that I'm going to share with you. Um, because I want it to be very clear and I want it to be very straightforward and I want to be transparent with you. And teachers like seeing that sort of vulnerability and it doesn't come from a fake place. It's a very organic place for me to, you know, have that openness with a teacher, um, to be vulnerable with the teacher and to let them know that this is sort of my process for ensuring that we start on the right foot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, starting the year, knowing how the wins will be celebrated. Like it's a non-negotiable. I'm not just, oh yeah, we're going to celebrate the wins. No, how are we doing it? How are we doing it? What is the, is it going to be in the weekly, uh, in the, in the month, in the, uh, monthly weekly? Is it going to be in the school newsletter? Are, are we doing a lunch and learn? How are we celebrating the wins? Teachers want to know that you have a plan and I want that to be part of the conversation that I have initially with teachers. Hey, listen, we're going to go down this road. I want us to document it. I want us to talk openly about it. And then if you're okay with it, I'd love for you in some capacity to share this with your staff or the, with the rest of your teachers um, if that interests you. And we don't have to talk about that now, but you're dig really into that now. But I just want you to know where this has the potential to go. Yeah. Um, and again, being open and letting teachers know that this is so much more than just here, right? That it's more, it's about impacting the school community and that what they learn, how they learn it and their thought process throughout it is important and should be shared with those around them. Yeah. You know, I've um, had some administrators, especially at the secondary level who, you know, have just been like, okay, look, how are you know, motivating? How are we doing these celebrations? Yeah. And what I've done a lot of research on adult motivation. And one of the number one factors is autonomy. But then also when you are co-constructing those goals, having very clear success criteria, how are we monitoring success? And when you take the time to acknowledge the small wins, that's when adults are motivated. I, I don't necessarily need an ice cream party. Like I, I don't, I don't eat dairy. So I'm not going to, you know, want to partake in the ice cream party. However, if you come to me and give me a shout out for meeting a success criteria, 
that is the celebration I need. You don't have to spend hours and lots of money, but if you are intentional with finding the small wins, it's huge. And, and adults respond to that. Yes, they do. And, and it lets you, it lets them know that your word counts because you, because you, hopefully that was part of the conversation at the beginning of the year. And then there's follow through. Um, and that's one of the ways that as instructional leaders, we get to show our end of the follow through, yes. right? Um, it's not just falling on the teachers themselves, but that this is a, a two-way street. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. So I've asked about like your three must do's. Now tell me what are your three must haves? What are three recommendations that you have for instructional leaders that they can go and just absorb some more knowledge? Sure. So I have um, always a lesson, Gretchen Bridgers. Her podcast is remarkable. Um, she shares, she invites other educators on there um, to share their experiences in their roles within education. It's so relatable. It's not overwhelming. And she has a really lovely and inspiring way of communicating and connecting with her audience. The second one is, I, I am so obsessed with this book. I've had this book for five years and I still use it. Michael Fullan's The New Meaning of Educational Change. He talks a lot about lead learners in there, how principals and superintendents and instructional leaders are all responsible for their learning when creating systems that create change. Um, so he really discusses the educational systems around the world and the challenges in leading ideas for successful systematic reforms. And then lastly, um, this is another book that I, I, not really a book, but more so a, a, a resource that I, I, I have gone back to throughout my career. Um, Sanders and Sullins are the authors and their resource is called Evaluating School Programs. So sometimes as coaches or instructional leaders, the job isn't just to help others with their practice. Sometimes our job is to recognize when the scope and sequence of a program or an initiative or a goal is just not working, that yeah. it's just not in the best interest of a school community, that it's not the teachers that are the problem, right? Um, and we need to recognize when those tweaks need to be made. And so this book does a really great job of walking its readers through how to identify that and how to um, remediate. Yes. Oh, and I love that. And even just think of the power if they used it before purchasing yes. the program. Yes. Talk about saving some money. I have seen school districts continue with a program that did not work for them just because they paid for it in their contract. They had two more years on their contract. Yep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this is when teachers get stressed. Yeah. This is when people get stressed because it's, oh, it, it, it's just sad. It's it's sad. Um, so, Jonna, not too long ago, you gave a master class on formative assessments that was, oh, chef's kiss. It was beautiful. I, I was I was so excited. Um, and I actually it flipped some of my thinking. It was really great. So tell us, will you be providing this again? And 
And how can those that are watching us today get access to that or, or sign up for it if you do do it again? Sure. Yes. So the masterclass was called How to Create a Formative Assessment, and it focused on a one piece of my formative assessment framework, um, how to create an assessment that can be um, collected, sorted, analyzed, and used all within a lesson. And we had so much fun, if I may say. So it, it was really good. Um, <laughs> um, so I am going to be offering that again in the late summer. Um, it is a free, uh, free masterclass uh, uh, webinar. Uh, if you join my newsletter, you can stay up to date on when that is coming out and you can grab that um, and get save your spot, save your seat. Um, and then, of course, I'm also constantly sharing resources, tips, um, things that are on, you know, that should be on everyone's calendar. Um, systems and templates that I have that I think would be beneficial for others when it comes to their planning and um, teaching. So, and then my website there, which gives a really great overview of the work that I do in districts um, nationwide, my work with educators and principals and superintendents um, and sort of where I started this journey and my passion for wanting to change the world one yes. teacher at a time. Yes, I love that. I'm also putting, so in the chat, I put the link to your newsletter. Audience, sign up for it. it it's golden. It's great information. And like she said, this formative assessment masterclass was really good. Sign up for it. Um, Jonna, where can people find you on social media if they don't already follow you? Sure. So um, my website, johnnaleeconsulting.com, that, that's mm -hmm. where you can find all of my handles. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and then my Instagram at Miss Lee underscore Ed Consulting. And then my Twitter at Miss Lee underscore Ed. Awesome. Have, have you gotten on threads? Are you, are you there yet? I haven't. I, I feel like that's happening in the near future. Um, I have not quite yet, but everyone will know when I am. I'll have that red <laughs> backdrop on a story or a post, and that will be my big um, here. Here I am on Threads, my big reveal. I love it. I but love yeah, it. if you check out and if you check out my YouTube channel, I, I try to post little uh, what I call snack educations, little video tidbits about um, just some strategies that you can use as teachers to make your lives easier and um, keep the joy in your teaching practice. So I love that snack educations. Snack educations, little snack, little knowledge filled moment, the two <laughs> coming together. Yeah. Beautiful. So everyone, thank you so much for coming tonight. Jonna, help me recap real quick because I don't want to miss anything. Educational leaders to kick off the start of your school year meet with all stakeholders, have those collaborative meetings so that you can put systems in place and align the vision. Take time to schedule celebrations. Take time to build relationships. And, and it, it kind of goes into those meetings though too. Don't make the goals for them, co-construct them, co-construct them. Anything else that I'm missing, Jonna? 
you grabbed it all. You grabbed it all. So much fun. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. And hey, join us. We're co I'm coming back on Monday. So join me on Monday at six o'clock and have a great evening, everyone. Thank you, everyone.